Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to our program, Family Sanctuary, focusing on the life-giving relationships and the family. Today, we've got a really unique show in that uh, I, your your normal host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. Uh, that's usually how I introduce myself. <laughs> and I'm usually your host, and I'm usually interviewing a guest. But today, we are switching hats, and uh, one of the guests that I've interviewed many times on the program, and I hope you've you've heard him as a as a really wonderful guest speaking to issues of the family and, and marriage particularly. Uh, one of my previous guests, uh, Professor Perry Cahal, who is the academic dean and professor of historical theology at the Josephinum. Uh, what a powerful title, but he really is a, a an ordinary, wonderful person. <laughs> As you'll hear, he doesn't just speak in Professor E's, right, Barry? I hope not. <laughs> right. He is a husband and father, and we've had some wonderful shows with Perry, uh, helping us understand God's plan for the family and God's plan for husband and wife. And uh, so I-, I hope you'll search our archives and find some of our programs with Perry. But today, we're switching hats. And uh, Perry is going to be interviewing me. I'm going to be the guest. And so with that, let me turn it over to Perry. Thanks, Peggy. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll switch roles today and see how this goes. <laughs> I won't be the quite the consummate host that you, oh. you've been, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do you. my best. So <laughs> let me you. begin by actually giving people a little of your background, so okay. <laughs> uh, in case they're not aware of it. Obviously, Peggy's the regular host of the Family Sanctuary here at St. Gabriel, Gabriel Radio. Uh, she's a member with her husband, Mike, of St. Mary Parish in German Village and, uh, and active in the Diocese of Columbus for nearly 50 years mm-hmm. in uh, worldwide marriage encounter, uh, working in the parish and involved uh, intensely in pro-life ministry. For example, she's the founder of Pregnancy Decision Health Centers over 40 years ago, <laughs> still continuing. Uh, by profession, she's a college English professor, uh, having taught at Franklin University for 20 years. Uh, and she is the president of Heartbeat International for 23 years now and chair of the board, which is the largest network of life-affirming pregnancy help in the world with 3,000 locations in over 60 countries, and it's headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also, uh, most recently, the author of a book called The Love Approach, uh, Four Proven Steps to Transforming Relationships in Your Family, Church, and Community. And this book pulls together or draws from uh, Peggy's training and communications uh, with her uh, work in pregnancy health centers and her role as a wife, mother, friend, and member of the church community. Uh, this book is going to be the focus of our conversation today. Uh, it's a book that's been endorsed by people like Jeanette uh, Bankovic, uh, the, uh, an e- the EWTN TV and radio hosts that are known by many of you out there. Uh, it's also been endorsed by Father Frank Pavone, the uh, founder of Priest for Life, and I do want to put my own plug in for the book. I, uh, <laughs> I read Peggy's book. I think it's great. Um, I actually used some of her insights uh, with a family member uh, and in a conversation I had with a family member, and I found the, the insights in the book to be incredibly helpful in this kind of difficult conversation that I had to have. <laughs> so um, so thank you for writing the book, number <laughs> thank one. Thank you, Perry. Um, and let's delve into it a bit. Um, could you explain, you know, for, to the audience, like the background of the love approach and how you developed it? 
Yes. And as you were, as you were introducing me there, I was thinking that the, I guess the gist of what I'd like to say about why I developed it is that, um, that for, since my husband and I uh, really were married, actually, <laughs> since we were married, we struggled with communication with each other, although we've known each other since the first grade. <laughs> uh, that's kind of strange, but um, but really delving into difficult issues, uh, really being able to communicate when there's a disagreement, um, when the, uh, a subject is very sensitive, let's say, or one or the other could be hurt or is hurt, you know, how do you really communicate and, and come to resolution on some difficult things? Um, we started facing that not just in our own communication, but when we started housing pregnant girls back in 1975. Oh. Uh, we started in the pro-life movement in 73, and first thing we did was house pregnant girls. And they were faced with these really difficult issues, of course, you know, uh, communication issues in their own families. What am I going to do about this pregnancy that yeah. could re- be so shameful, perhaps, to my family? Um, and, and is abortion my best alternative? What about that? They were so, um, what should I say, conflicted. And at first, the, the solutions seemed pretty simple to me and my husband. Wow. Well, of course, you know, abortion is wrong. You need to have this baby. How about placing the baby for adoption if you uh, are unsure if you can raise this child? Those seem like such good alternatives to us. (laughs) Why were people having trouble with that? You know, we were so ignorant of really the, the struggles that these girls were going through until we started living through those struggles with them and trying to communicate, trying to really help them see uh, the range of their options. Okay. So it was really struggling with people, including each other, <laughs> in difficult issues that, that helped us to come to uh, something that I call the love approach, which is, which is a method actually uh, of trying to work with another person through a difficult issue. And, and of course, we did that with the women that we were working with, with, with crisis pregnancies. But then we realized, wait a minute, this works with everybody. This works with each other as my as, as husband and wife. It works with our children. It works with our friends. It works with people at work. <laughs> we realized in our pregnancy center, uh, this method of communication that I call the love approach was working to help us resolve issues on our board, on our staff. It's just a good way to work together through difficult issues. And um, let me say that that I, I, I wrote a manual about this back in 1994 when I became president of Heartbeat that's now taught all over the world for pregnancy help. But for years, people have been saying, you know, write write the love approach for everyone. <laughs> Let, let's all learn the love approach. And it really can help resolve difficult issues and restore relationships and build relationships. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it can be pretty universal, which is very exciting. And I, I, you know, it's been a long time since I wrote the manual in 1994. How many years is that? A long time. And it's taken me a long time to put this in a little book that I hope is very readable and interesting and fun to learn the oh, love approach. I think it's all those things. <laughs> Thank and, you. I, absolutely. And 
um, as you said, like the love approach is this method you know, mm-hmm, for communication. Mm-hmm. Let's, I want to delve into the method a little bit. So the love approach, uh, love and in, in the title is an acronym, L-O-V-E. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what each of those letters stands for and how, how they're all part of this method of communication. So let's start with the L first. What does <laughs> okay. the L stand for and, and how does that, how do you incorporate that in this method of communication? Okay. Uh, could, could I just before I, I talk about the L more sure. specifically? It, it, yes, the L-O-V-E does stand for the four steps and I'll say what those are in a minute. But it also, uh, I, I came up with the four steps because the first thing I realized when I tr- was trying to talk to these pregnant girls, um, and, and I realized when, when many people try to, um, to, to talk to someone with a difficult issue, what they want to do is kind of give all the reasons and talk about the rationale of this decision that they're, that they're facing. And that can come across as very unloving to a person who really is feeling like they're in a difficult situation. They're fearful. Mm-hmm. They're trapped. They're frustrated. Uh, they're unsure. And so what really struck me first was that I want to start communicating, not as a teacher, giving all the pros and cons of, of all the options coming along here, but I want to be loving in this. And one of my favorite uh, sections of the Bible is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. And I'm just going to read it here, if you don't mind, uh, because that always, that came to me as an inspiration, I think. Um, and I'll show you a still more excellent way, this says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And that became kind of my challenge with the pregnant girls. How do I help them in a way that is really loving? (laughs) And then as as I worked through that, I realized that the steps that I think God was leading me through could be expressed in L-O-V-E. It just, it just happened that way. <laughs> and so, the, the, because the first step is really obvious, listen and learn, L, listen and learn. Instead of trying to tell them what to do or, or trying to convince them that you're right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. If, you, if you're talking to someone who is obstinate or who's determined to do something that you think is, is harmful to them, uh, even something that you know you disagree with on a on a heart to heart level, um, someone that you're even just having a communication block with. Somehow we're just not able to discuss this. The first thing you need to do is listen to them, listen and learn, and force yourself not to jump in and finish their sentences. <laughs> One thing in the book that I have is uh, a list, and I came up with this based on personal experience. Believe me, I had to learn this myself. <laughs> I lived through not knowing how to do this. And uh, particularly, that's very, um, what do I want to say, hurtful in your personal relationships. Sure. If you're not listening to another person, or if you're not being listened to, 
Um, so all kinds of barriers to listen, like being distracted. You know, you're trying to talk to someone and they're constantly fiddling with their cell phone, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or the clicker on the TV, yes. you know, <laughs> uh, or or my husband may be trying to talk to me and I'm I'm, you know, got to finish this recipe on the stove, whatever it is. It, it's a major problem in, in, in blockage in communication, being distracted, thinking of my answer. Okay, what am I going to say to that? Um, interrupting the other person, pacifying, saying, oh, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Th- that's only the top four. <laughs> right. I came up with 10 from my own experience that we just, there's so many blockages to being a good listener. Yeah. So one of the things I try to do in the book is just help people see those kinds of, of blockages. Um, actually, there are different chapters in the book interspersed that give some exercises for people to try and, and to think through, okay, do I do that? You know, what are, what are the distractions that, that most affect me, you know, that, that I'm guilty of? So that it's a book that tries to help us look at ourselves and say, um, what is it that's keeping me from being a really good listener? Listen and learn. Because once we connect with a person, once they know that we're listening to them, all kinds of things open up. And yeah. <laughs> no, I thought those self reflective parts of the book were incredibly helpful. Oh, you, thank have, you. you have those parts for each of the different steps. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought those are really helpful exercises. Um, and I, I, I will say too, like, I think this approach. At least in my own experience, sometimes the listen and learning learning step can be the hardest with the people whom you're closest to. Absolutely, with your family. Yes, you know, it's because you assume that you're on the same page, or you you kind of think, well, we should be on we should be on the same page, and it's easy to just to kind of you know assume these things or to to stymie them and say, well, look, this is the way it should be. No, the listen and learn is it applies to those who are closest to you. Absolutely. If, if you really want, if you really love them, you should be willing to, you know, sit down and you make this point very clearly. You have to understand their perspective, mm-hmm. even if you don't agree mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. You have to understand where they are before the, your dialogue and your relationship can progress. To get into the options, which is which is the next step. Yeah. So let's go to that yeah. step now. So the oh, the options. Yeah, the options, and this is like you said, Perry, where we almost always jump into. Yes. When we're trying to discuss something with a person. Um, we're discussing what we should do or, or, or what you should think about this. Or, or what you shouldn't do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> or, you know, what's our path forward in this without truly listening first. But when you listen, you'll pick up things that you didn't know right. about how the person was feeling, thinking, uh, what they want. And here's, here's a really difficult thing for often for couples to share in the listening. What do I want? Because... Yeah. When you share what you want, that's really, really vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but, but if you've really delved into the listening and learning, then the options are, are much easier to talk about because, um, because the, first of all, the person you're, you're discussing with, um, now really has a connection with you. You know, you're much more connected. That person, that person is much more open to what you have to say because they have because listening is truly a loving thing to do <laughs> yes, because you've been present to them and they've been heard exactly exactly so when you go into the options then it's really interesting i did some research on on options uh when i wrote this book because um you know i was very used to talking 
to women about pregnancy options. But I realized when I started researching how people make decisions, um, this is valid in any kind of decision making, that uh, there are four factors that characterize a better option. In other words, once a person chooses a path, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for those who are satisfied with the choice they've made, the option they've chosen to proceed with, for those who are happy with that, usually that path has has four four characteristics. One, it's been well thought out. Okay, so they have gone through a process of what are my thoughts about this. Right, you it's know? not an impulsive decision. It's not an impulsive, it's well thought out. And it's consistent with their values and beliefs. So in the listening stage, we really focus and, and think through our own values and beliefs about these options, about this situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say it's a marriage issue, all right, an issue in your marriage. What, how do I value you? How do I value our marriage? How do I value, you know, our relationship going forward? What are my beliefs about that? Once we've been able to articulate that, then the options that we choose are going to be more, more consistent with that, we hope. So you're going to be happier with the option. If it, if it, if it fits, if it's well thought out, if it fits with your values and beliefs, if you don't feel, if you should, let me put it this way, if you do feel that you've been free to choose it, mm-hmm. you're not under any coercion, you're not under massive pressure. You own the decision. You own it. Yeah. You, you feel free to choose it. And then you have the resources to support that decision. And, and, and so that leads into some of the other parts of the love approach. Um, because when you're listening to another person, you're also trying to figure out what resources do they have here? What are their needs and how are they being met? So as you sort through the options, you know, you as the person that's helping, you know, uh, can really focus in on reminding them, okay, you shared about this is, this is something that you really feel you need or you think you need. All right. And, and this option does provide for that. So you're kind of coaching. That's the role as a, as a listener here and as a person sorting through the options. You're, you're trying to be kind of a coach to help that person see the different options. Right. And most people, when they're in a difficult situation, will, will often think, I only have one option. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or I have two. It's either this or that. Right. It's the, the whole, this whole approach, I, I took it as trying to help people, you know, really – make responsible decisions that are theirs. It's not trying to make yes. decisions for them. Mm-hmm. If, if as you're a couple, this is about making a joint decision perhaps mm-hmm. or working just through difficult conversations. Right. So let's go to the next couple steps then. If we listen and learn and we talk about options, the V is for vision and value. Vision so, and value. Um, and that that is, is a kind of an encouragement stage that if you're the person helping uh, another person through an issue or if you're doing it together um, – Often that person needs a a new vision and value. You know, they may think, I'll never be able to do this. There's no way. Or um, I've made so many mistakes in the past. I, 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 you know, I'm a failure. I can't do this. Um, Or I just, I just don't, I just don't have the resources to do this. Uh, Or I've heard women uh, with, with pregnancy related issues, um, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes say to them, have you prayed about this? Oh, I, I don't believe God would hear me. You know, um, they need a new vision. You know, they need encouragement to say, you know, um, Jesus loves you. 
and and God will help you or God will help us through this. You know, the vision that we're not alone or you're not alone, that that uh, you are a special person made for a special purpose. You know, God has a plan for you. These are the kind of visions that people really need when they're struggling with an issue or a problem. And I thought you, your discussion of this was great in the book because your your point was, is this is the point at which as a believing you know, Catholic, you can suggest things. You're not trying to foist anything on somebody, right. but you're suggesting, have you ever thought of this? Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever thought of the fact that God loves you and he's never mm-hmm. going to leave you and he's with you in all things? Right. Let me, let me get to uh, the last step then. After you, okay. you, have, you kind of interject some things to think about in terms of vision and value, then the E step, the extend and empower. Yeah. The extend and empower step is, is really kind of walking with the person at that point, um, to encourage them, to continue to encourage them, uh, finding a way to, okay, you've arrived at this decision, you know, you've arrived at this option. I know God can do that. I know God can help you. Yes. And I'm here to help too, you know, helping them to understand that they're not alone. And if you can continue in this relationship and coaching them along the way, providing any resources, whether that's just encouragement, whether it's practical help. When we use this for pregnant women, of course, you know, there's lots of, of available help and resources for them. And, and it's true in our own families. We can be those kinds of resources for each other. You can say, I, I want to talk to you. I want to continue you know, walking with you in this. Is there a way we could meet again for coffee next week? Or can I give you a call? It's, it, it will differ in each situation, but it's walking with a person that you've now developed a relationship with. Because back to your original point, this isn't just about some type of mechanical way, you know, walking through conversations or difficult. This is about loving somebody. Yeah. You know, this is about really showing them love. And right. the, the extend, extend and empower step is showing that you're willing to accompany them in whatever difficulties might result in implementing this decision that they've come to. Yes, that's true. Um let me ask you a couple more questions in the time that remains. Okay. Um, could you say a little bit about the success of the love approach for Heartbeat International? Um, well, it's, it is actually being taught all over the world, and it's been translated into different languages. And now that's the version of the love approach that's specifically related to people with crisis pregnancies. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but the, not only are women all over the world being helped through this approach, but uh, we believe that, again, our organizations are operating, we hope, in a more Christ-like way by using this method even, in, as I mentioned, with our staff, uh, on our boards, with problem-solving within our ministries, because we want to be a model of something different than simply a power structure. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm hoping that the book really will be helpful. We've mentioned married couples. We've mentioned yes. families. Um, but... I've I've written it in a way that I think it would be a powerful tool also for small groups, for book clubs, for um, ministry groups, for uh, my husband and I still meet with a couples group from Marriage Encounter. You know, we're always looking for things to read together and and work at together. And, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning that people can use it with another person. Because you, reading it and doing the exercise with another person or two persons or three persons really will, will help internalize all of the processes. 
Yeah, and I do think it has application on all those levels that you mentioned. You know, families, you know, workplace, every every place. So because it has those multiple applications, can you can you just say where where people can get a copy of the book? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it is now in the Generations Bookstore uh, okay. here in Columbus, Great. and um, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble website. Uh, but if you want multiple copies, uh, in individual copies too, but you can get it from Heartbeat International and okay. then you get a discount Great. <laughs> on multiple copies. And there's a website, uh, theloveapproachbook.com, okay. theloveapproachbook.com. And uh, that's where you can also get uh, handouts too on that website of different things in the book. So you can look at different concepts if you want to. Um, I'm hoping that I've made it kind of a, a fun book to read too, because it, there, there are characters in it. <laughs> it is. Yes. It, it's a very dialogical. It's, it's very e- an easy read and easy yeah. to get into. And the examples that you provide are very relatable. And there, so. there's echo, actually, you hear people using the love approach. Yes. Michael uses it with his wife. Katie uses it with a woman in her ministry group. Uh, Josh uses it with his son. Mariana uses it with one of her employees. So these characters that are struggling through relationship issues and and communication issues, you hear them doing the steps. Yes, and I think it helps to bring the whole love approach alive in the well, pages you. of the book. Thank so, you. So, um, Peggy, this was great. I was <laughs> glad to switch roles with you today. Let me kick it back over you to you to have you wrap up this session. Oh, well, so. thank you, Perry. Well, I, you know, I do hope people will, um, will give it a try because it's, it's simple. Um, and, and it works. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that I've been able to talk about it today. And, and hopefully some people will look at the website, theloveapproachbook.com, get a copy and, uh, and spread the news. Use it in your families and use it in your small groups and, and uh, then let us know uh, how it goes. <laughs> We'd Great. love to know. Thank you. So thanks again, Perry, for being the interviewer today. Uh, you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> it was fun. And you are listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com under the Family Sanctuary. And look up some of Perry Cahal's programs as well. They're, they're, they're so powerful. Uh, we're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. And our program is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and two o'clock on Sundays. So join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, son.